so much to comment on hey it's jason so the background noise you heard were my knucklehead dogs messing around sorry about that this place names where you're at and where you were visiting just really evoke a kind of fantasy setting that's great where i live in virginia the place names are evocative if you're playing a colonial gothic game i guess um the fantasy trip you know when i got into gaming i missed the fantasy trip um i was tunnels and trolls and dnd red box and AD&D and traveler call of cthulhu those kind of games um i did fully back the fantasy trip i just haven't read it yet to my you know to my sorrow so i guess i'll have to break it out i would love to hear a full-on review and last thing arduin i love arduin got those books great set great you know expansions and setting material highly recommended Welcome to Roleplay Rescue's Game Master's Journal. My name is Che Webster, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey. Each episode features my audio notes, recorded here and there between my gaming sessions. Assembled into a rough edit, these notes form a journal and let you take a peek behind the GM screen. The journal is raw and rough, and not everyone's cup of tea. But you have been warned. Hey, Jason, with one final thought. Talking about the wilderness adventures. Sorry about the background noise. I'm driving to work. Um, You know, I remember, you know, from my time in the Army and everything, land nav negotiating and finding a way through the, the wilderness, even with modern topographical maps and compasses and whatnot, you know, wasn't super easy. I, you know, in a fantasy world back in medieval times or earlier, it must have been a lot harder. You know, Lewis and Clark, you know, I really hold those guys in all. They, you know, that party pulled off so much and especially as nonviolent as they ended up being for so much of the time. You know, the only um, Native American they ended up killing was near the end on their way back. But anyhow, yeah, I think Wilderness Adventures are pushed behind because people don't know how to describe them, don't know how to relate to them anymore, and that's a shame. So, just my thoughts. Take care. Hey, Jason. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you calling in all the time, man. It's really good to hear from you. And please don't ever worry about the background noise. It's fine. Yeah, thank you for your thoughts. I think they sort of stand on their own. I don't think there's much to say, Um, but I appreciate you sharing them. And, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe there's a thing of discussion bubbling up here about wilderness. I don't know. Um, so next call is from Free Thrall and I don't know I got uncomfortable with this one um, I thought I'd upset him turns out I haven't but I don't know make of what you will Hi Jay Spencer here um, I just I was surprised to hear you say you felt uh, we were reluctant to uh, uh, go on a, you know, do the wilderness travelling bit. Um, I'm just uh, surprised that uh, that was the impression you got. I certainly didn't feel that way myself. Um, I think that's some of the most interesting uh, stuff, and I think I said as much at the time. Um, 
I think if there was anything, I I wasn't. I was, I was a bit reluctant to do. It was the uh, the requirement for eight hours sleep. I mean, in a party of two, that left us bit a bit vulnerable. And um, as a father of a young child, I think eight hours sleep is a bit of a luxury. So there you have it. Um... Thanks, Spencer. Great to hear from you. I really do enjoy the fact that you call in and I enjoy gaming with you and that's really good and um, kind of sorry if I disappointed you. Um, that's not my intention. I did. I think in my podcast last time I wasn't sure whether you and Derek, who are gaming with um, with me and Rollgate, for those who are listening in, um, I wasn't sure if you guys were okay with it. There's a lot of uh, clarifying questions, shall we say, that kind of led me to feel that maybe you weren't entirely comfortable with the uh, kind of take i was having on it Um, but i'm really reassured and glad that you know you guys seem okay on sleep deprivation okay well i can't speak to being a parent i'm not a parent you know we we don't have kids um and so i have no experience of that what i do know is that there are some major effects of sleep deprivation and i know that you know the medical science seems to suggest that not getting seven to nine hours of shut eye nightly uh does more than make you feel groggy and grumpy and um i kind of wanted to double check this so i've kind of looked it up and uh, you're talking about memory issues trouble thinking and concentrating talking about mood changes be more prone to accidents weakened immunity high blood pressure higher risk of diabetes weight gain uh lower sex drive <laughs> not sure that's that applicable in an rpg uh, risk of heart disease and poor balance um, all kind of key things and sleep scientists seem to feel that if we lose even so much as an hour of sleep we shouldn't probably get behind the car wheel you know we should uh, not be operating heavy machinery so i don't know i, I feel like uh giving you a small penalty for a bit of lack of sleep when you're in the wilderness seems to me fairly reasonable and turns up in quite a few rule sets um but you know I'm open to a counter-argument, I suppose. And I don't know. I, I don't know what do other people think. Is lack of sleep in the wilderness something that should penalise? What I'm doing with Castle Crusades is threatening, because they didn't actually go through with it, threatening a minus one or minus two penalty to um, physical and mental activities the day following some sleep deprivation until they get some sleep. And... Uh, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> now I'm second-guessing myself. So, Anyway, man, thanks for calling in. Thanks for being honest about your concerns in my game. And, um, yeah, I kind of thought about six times about not putting this in, and then I figured, you know what? It's worth talking about. It'll be all right. So I hope you're okay with that. Game on. It's another ludicrously hot day in the UK. Um, yesterday... We got to about 28, 29 degrees centigrade and, um, you know, it's, well, most of the way there again today, 24 degrees at 11 o'clock. Um, so alongside doing some uh, chores today, I have, I wanted to sort of report on re-watching the Secrets of Blackmore film, which I supported in the Kickstarter a couple of years ago, and which I I watched and uh fairly 
complete draft of in in December when it was released. Uh, I think it was just after Boxing Day, around Boxing Day in 2018. And about a week ago now, the final version of that was released to backers via Vimeo, um, which is kind of cool. And I finally got around to it because we've been away all week. I finally got around to watching it again today. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I found that um, once again, I... I find a lot of inspiration uh, sort of hearing the story of how Dave Arneson really, it's focused on Dave Arneson, um, how he and the Twin City game is sort of developed from their wargaming roots through to what was to become with collaboration with Gary Gygax, Dungeons and Dragons in 1974. There are two kind of immediate thoughts and one was that I... I really feel that you know I kind of want to build my own mega dungeon. <laughs> I keep coming back to this thought. I, I the uh, you know Fast Citadel of the Dragon Kings has been noodling around my mind for a couple of years. I, I had a <sighs> abortive foray into that, um, but watching again, I was reminded of the sort of. The hugeness of really this, the sheer scale of Blackmore Castle's dungeons. They do this wonderful bit, which wasn't in an earlier draft, of laying out the maps that come from the first fantasy campaign module, which was published uh, published in '77. And the name of that company has just gone out of my head, which is really stupid of me. But anyway, um, the first fantasy campaign maps and kind of like stacks them digitally, stacks them, <laughs> you know, vertically. Um, and that was really cool because you got the 2D maps, but you got this kind of sense of the layers. And I, and I was kind of amazed to see probably eight or ten levels or something down and how that kind of, I don't know, it just inspired something in me. It sprung something in me. I do like my dungeoneering. I do like a good dungeon crawl. Um, the second thought was just how all the time I'm pinging around my brain and how I can run uh, and perhaps in a more open style because a more open table, really, uh, style with the games that I have. Um, and one of the things that really hit me was just how, in the early days, uh, Dave Arneson would give, and and Dave Wesley, actually, they would give people characters, you, what we would today call a pre-gen. Um, now, obviously, these were just roles in a lot of these games. In the Bronstein games, they were just roles. They didn't really have stats, per se. But in the... In Blackmore, you know, you would take on a, a role, and um, I think at first, I, I get the impression a lot of these guys can't even remember the names of these characters, even if they've been playing them for 40 years. Um, but they took on a role, and they got into that role, and um, and they sort of developed that role over time. And I like that idea. I like the idea, perhaps with newer players especially, of sort of giving them a role, giving them a character... Um, and allowing people to sort of have that taste and get into a game that way. Perhaps I've always tended towards um, being kind of anti-pregens, but um, I think there's a lot of value in them, and um, especially in sort of establishing a game and, and a new um, anything new, you know, with new people or a new world or. Uh, just a new kind of st- uh, you know, sort of style of play or whatever, all of that. I think you can cut a lot of the you know playtime 
playtime used on building characters can obviously be used to play if you don't have characters to build. So I think I'm 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 seeing value there. But I do feel like I'm just rambling now, so I'm gonna shut up. Anyway, Secrets of Blackmore guys, loved it. Lots and lots and lots to think about. It's Wednesday. There's less than a week until I'm back um, in the classroom. And I have to confess that I'm feeling pretty low. And I'm really sorry to sit here and record what is probably going to be a low point. <laughs> but I do feel very low. I feel disconnected from my friends locally, disconnected from work. You know, four or five weeks away will do that. And I know that many people would kill for five weeks holiday uh, in one go. But, um, hey. <laughs> and, you know, we went away last week, had a really great time. My wife is back to work, so she's not around here. Um, and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm looking at stuff online. And I'm feeling like I don't fit in. I'm feeling like people classify me as amongst the OSR anchorites, but I don't really play D&D. And whilst I have an admiration for those old games and the old style of play, <laughs> people keep telling me that I'm, you know, I don't know, doing things they wouldn't do, I guess. And of course, I know intellectually that that's, you know, me. It's do what I want to do, I guess, or what my players will let me do anyway. But I'm feeling disconnected like a fraud like a I don't fit in and um yeah sometimes I just don't really know what to do about that I um yeah I don't know what else to say really <laughs> just feeling low and um yeah I don't know I guess none of you need to hear this. So. <laughs> it's where I'm at, man. It's where I'm at. Right then, it's Thursday, and I just realised that I've done virtually no like prep or solo gaming or anything that I normally enjoy doing on a week's holiday. Um, I spent yesterday moping about feeling miserable and, and sort of fat, sat, um, sort of sorry for myself, really. And I'll be honest, I spent today editing and recording podcast stuff, um, which of course is a big part of my my joy and passion for the role-playing game kind of scene. Um, but I realised that there's virtually no content this week, there's nothing I'm talking about, and that's not to say there's nothing going on in my head. So uh, here's a quick bit on what's been going on in my head I had this idea uh, last weekend, I think it really was. Um, it's an idea that's recurred. It's come up before. I think I've written about it on my blog in the past. And that was that um, I got a copy a long while, I'll say a long while ago, a few months ago, uh, maybe a year or so ago, I got a copy of Man to Man, GURPS Man to Man, which was one of the first publications Steve Jackson Games did as they were developing the GURPS role-playing game. Um, I don't know quite when it goes back to early 80s, mid 80s, something like that. Probably about 85 or something off the top of my head. But anyway, what it was was 
a combat game, really, where you sort of set up scenarios um, uh, and, you know, lives up to the name of the game, man to man. It was uh, fighting monsters or... So I think one of the scenarios in there is a bridge that your heroes are defending against sort of an orc incursion, that kind of stuff. And it's great. It's a great little game. Anyway, I got a copy of that um, a while back and I got a copy of the follow-up to that, Orc Slayer, which is a series of um, short scenarios. I, I hesitate to say adventures because although there's some role-playing, it's, series, it's a bit like Dave Aldridge talking about his um, 13th age, a series of set-piece battles with a bit of role-playing in between. Um, but it's done with the early prototype GURPS rules. And I, I was quite fascinated by this. I've been flipping my way through that on and off over the last few months. Anyway, the idea that's alongside that is this thought of how would I get someone into playing GURPS really quickly and really easily? And um, it occurred to me that this was a good model for that, you know, this idea that you could you could run a series of short encounters for people um, and you could potentially string together a game which was a series of encounters with some interaction and role-playing and decision-making in between. Um, and so I've been toying with that idea in my mind and, of course, to make it easy for new people, um, GURPS is a points-based character build system and the the thing that can make GURPS a barrier problem and be a barrier for people is really the fact that you've got a lot of decisions to make if you've got a lot of points but of course you can reduce the decision points the decision making process and, and make it easy for people by literally just bringing the points down so I've been mucking around with uh, on the one hand this old man-to-man and orc slayer stuff and on the other hand, looking at kind of modern GURPS, and what fell into the middle was Dennis McCarthy's stuff. Now, I don't know if you know about Dennis. He's called in in the past, and I've talked about this a little bit, but he he took the um, dungeon fantasy stuff from GURPS, and he has put together a series of temp- character templates at about 75 points, which are roughly equivalent to the power level of a first-level swords and wizardry character. He he has this file you can download, which basically does a bit of a comparison. He talks about Swords of Wizardry, compares it with GURPS, and then at the end he's got some templates for characters and a fighter and a magic user and, and a thief and a cleric and so on and so on. And so I've just been looking at those and, and what's been to- noodling around my brain, and I have to say I haven't done anything with this yet, but what's been noodling around in my brain is this idea of could I take Dennis's templates, this concept from man to man, and sort of mash up a beginner's game for GURPS Dungeon Fantasy? And I think the answer is probably yes, I could. And all I need to do is get my bum firmly planted in a chair and do it, I think. But that's what's been noodling around my brain. So I wanted to share that now while I had a minute and while I thought of it. And, um, you know, at least, you know, it's out there now, isn't it, this kind of thought. Um, So I don't know if you're interested in that. I don't know if Dennis listens. If you are, man, thank you so much for your work and sharing your work on your blog and and through um, your comments to me as well through my blog. But, hey, um, I would, if anyone's got any thoughts on this and whether this could work or it's a good idea or a bad idea or whatever, I'd love to hear from you and and I would really appreciate your call-ins and your thoughts because um, I think GURPS is a really strong game. It's not actually all that complicated. You know, and I just want, I want to find a way of, of being able to demo it. And here's another weird random thought. You know, would I ever find the confidence to take that demo to maybe to a small convention or something and run it for other people? <gasps> There's a scary thought.
Oh, I just... I'm annoyed at Steve Jackson Games now. Um, I don't like doing this kind of thing, but um, no, I'm annoyed. I've been a big fan of Steve Jackson Games, since I can remember. Um, Snit's Revenge. Um, I remember uh, the Rungy Tongues with great, great affection. Awful Green Things from Outer Space. And got into Car Wars. Uh, played Toon, played Killer. Oh, so many games over the years. I've always been impressed. Obviously, I've recently gone into GURPS um, again. <laughs> um, but last couple of years, I've been really impressed with them because they, they did the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game. I've also got Fantasy Trip back out there in the world. And I've been supporting them through the Kickstarters for each of those projects, simply because I think those products are very, very good and those ideas are just so good. Anyway, there's a Kickstarter starting on Monday the 2nd. It finishes on Friday the 10th, is it? I don't know, even that, the 6th. That's right. <laughs> um, basically, next week, it's Magic Items Book 2, uh, Magic Items 2, for the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game. And I want to back it. That's great. Unfortunately, because I don't live in the United States of America, Steve Jackson Games have decided they're not going to like um, post any of the printed copies outside the US. Um, and I guess... That probably sounds like something I shouldn't be getting annoyed about, except for two things. One is they have said they're going to put it to print-on-demand, but I'm willing to bet that if my experience of print-on-demand from Amazon has any anything to go on, it's been okay, but I bet you boots it'll be not the same size format. And this is important with the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game because they've actually gone for a sort of square-ish shape, smaller book size book that fits in a box, really, and... Um, and also the print quality that they do is way higher than that of a print on demand. And just because I live in the UK, I can't get that printed book. I mean, I can get a PDF, I can back it and do that, but I can't get a printed book. I own everything else for that game. I've faithfully supported this game and now I'm being cut out of it because I'm not American. That's just annoying. And it really, it really, 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 really sticks in my core and... The other thing kind of makes it harder for me to promote the game in the UK. People can't get it here as it is. It's hard enough, you know, to get in hold of products anyway. But oh, it just makes it harder. And um, actually, as I sit here, I kind of well up a little bit. I just get far too emotional. <laughs> but oh, so annoying. Right, it's Friday afternoon, and I'm pretty chipper because. And this is going to probably sound sad to most other people listening, but I've just been fiddling around with GURPS all afternoon. And I dug out the 1985 Man-to-Man GURPS combat system from GURPS first edition, well, pre-first edition, really. And although I also grabbed out my copy of the Orc Slayer, I left that to one side. And I've just been looking at how characters constructed back in the original game, the very first edition of it. And like doing that comparison with GURPS basic set. And um, I guess the penny dropped big time today. I, I was converting Fiendish Frederick, one of the characters from Man to Man, over to fourth edition. And there's a, you know, there are differences there. There's really quite like significant things. But then it sort of struck me that actually the characters being presented in Man to Man, they're very basic. They're just really for fighting. And that the rules that are in there as well are not all that complex. The basic rules, it's comparable, basically, um, to GURPS Light, And then the more advanced rules use the hex map, kind of tactical combat system from GURPS Basic Set, 
as sort of like as an addition. So the penny drop for me is that I could really do a kind of quite nice introductory game, sort of fantasy combat type game, and even some fairly simple dungeony type games by using sort of GURPS Lite um, and then just adding in the tactical combat bit uh, for, you know, sort of arena fighting and that kind of stuff. And that was really quite energizing. The other thing I realized is obviously I can build some templates and um, I've got a copy of uh, Template Toolkit, um, but I, which is great by the way, I started reading through that today. But you know, actually um, using kind of the 75 point char uh, character templates or even the 62 point character templates that I've got, it would be kind of straightforward to, to present some pretty straightforward uh, materials for learning to play GURPS. Um, and it's kind of going back to the original model that Steve Jackson seems to have preferred for two games. Um, with the Fancy Trip, he started with the Malay game, which was really just an arena fighting game with just fighting characters. Um, and then he added Wizard and then later into the Labyrinth. And I can see me doing a similar thing here with GURPS. You could, and I think it's what he was trying to do with Man to Man. He did Man to Man and then introduced GURPS sort of basic set, which most critics seems to think, feel was quite fancy heavy. Um, and I think there's a sort of similar pattern, you know, learn how to do the fighty bit, get playing, then build more sophisticated characters, and then you know, do other sort of campaign models. And um, I kind of like, quite like following that pattern. So yeah, that's quite an exciting realisation. I, I don't know whether, I mean, anyone who's playing GURPS is probably the most stupidly obvious thing, but uh, to me, it was like, oh, actually, I now kind of get the place of GURPS light, um, and I get the place of, also get the place of sort of man-to-man -man in the development of GURPS first edition. And, um, yeah, it's kind of inspiring in a way. <laughs> On top of that, real bonus tonight. Um, we didn't plan for a gaming session tonight, but uh, Andy's going to pop over, so... He's he just wants to come over for a chinwag. I think I don't think he's got any gaming today, and um, invite him over this evening. And looks like he's able to come. And I'm kind of wondering maybe we and he can just do some like learning to play stuff together again. Sort of maybe have a little bit of an arena fight or something. I don't know. Um, I did actually sort of mention to him on MeWe today that perhaps bring a character that you've got over and we could do a one on one. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Really, I'm kind of loose. Um, but what I am going to try and do in the next few minutes is grab a 75-point fighter template and see what that looks like on a character sheet. <laughs> Game on. All right, I've just gone off 10 on Friday night. I just had a really pleasant evening with um, Shandy Andy. Thanks, Andy. Um, yeah, really good. We, we had a bit of a chimwag and then decided to play uh, a little bit of GURPS combat, really. I think Andy was a bit nervous about um, the complexity of the rules or whether it was difficult. So we took his character that we built um, a few weeks ago and just ran a few arena battles, really. I, I pulled out the Fantasy Trip Malay arena, which I've got, and um, yeah, I just fought with goblins, hobgoblins and orcs against Andy's uh, character, who's a sort of sling-armed archer with a spear and shield, as his Malay weapons, and... Um, we have played, what, one, two, three, four, four or five 
uh, one-on-one fights um, in a course of a couple of hours because I don't think we even started till about eight o'clock. Um, half seven, eight o'clock. It it was no, it was gone eight o'clock. Yeah, an hour and a half. It's not bad, is it? Actually, when you're learning. Um, yeah, it's good and learned a lot, and I think he's feeling a bit more positive. I hope so, and fingers crossed. And I know that um, one of the practical upshots of that is uh, we sort of felt that very much we should encourage the party to come together and perhaps just fight, play a few mock fights, really, just to sort of get everyone's head around a the game, but also about their tactics together because there's a lot of group tactics which uh, come out of this game. Anyway, stop wittering, it's time for bed. Game on. Hey, Jason here. Calling about your Going Mythic episode. Great episode, great review. Really enjoyed it. If you ever want to try a co-op game, you know, a GM-less game with multiple players online, I'd be happy to play in that with you and give it a try using the Mythic emulator. I bet you you could find plenty of other players on Anchor, too. I'm in the car, so ignore the windshield wipers. As far as rules light and rules crunch goes, I think it kind of goes to the maturity of the players. If um, And I'm not putting down min-maxers. There's definitely a place for that a place for that play style. But if you're more of a min-maxer, then probably rules light wouldn't work because you're going to try to tweak the system to your advantage. I know that sounds negative. I don't mean to sound negative. But I think it just depends on the play style of the players on whether rules light or rules heavy is or more crunch is needed. I enjoy both, depending on the game. So, talk to you later. Take care. Bye. That's it for another episode. All that's left to wish you is a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster, and this has been a Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal episode. See you again next week. Game on.